0: we got my man randall thrill hill with me today on another episode of chopping it up with buck hey you know before we go to the thrill moniker and all of that it was interesting to read a little bit about your bio your dad was a principal, and he was your coach, and Pop Warner, your mom, a teacher. Right. Some history there, because, I, you know, you and I spent some time at being Sports, and you were really quiet when we were just kind of in there watching, I mean, really thoughtful, and I don't think people see that side of you, but I can see from your parents' upbringing a lot of that coming into play.
1: Yeah, you know, a, a lot of people know me uh, for being, uh, let's just say, notorious on, on the film, <laughs> uh, from, from all the antics and all the celebrations and stuff, but... Uh, you know, I come from a, a very um, disciplined family. Uh, my mom is a uh, – well, she was an um, elementary school teacher. My dad was a high school principal. Uh, my wife's a doctor. Uh, everyone in my family, is, you know, are, you know, very, very educated and, and believe in, 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 in the academia. Um, so, you know, football was just a side note for me, uh, so to say. I wasn't – you know, my parents gave me everything I needed to be successful, uh, not everything I wanted, because if I did, I, I would have had to buy me a Ferrari. But <laughs> um, they gave me everything I needed to, to be successful and go to college. And, and they were about graduating and graduating on time. Um, that's why I was able to graduate in four years from the University of Miami. Um, but, you know, and, and I try to stress to, to the young guys that, yes, football is great. Uh, the NFL is great. But what it is, th- is there to do is to give you a jump start on life. Uh, so that you can get on with your, with, with your life and about your business. So, you know, guys like, like like yourself, be able to go out and speak, enunciate your words, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and and talk in front of the public and actually make money doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we all have a persona, and I think the one thing that was interesting that in reading your background, your dad coached your Pop Warner team with mm-hmm. Bailey and Alex Johnson, a couple of you guys that, that played within in the pros as well. Uh, but growing up, not only playing football, but you were really the comic books, the superhero guy. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, whether it be Hong Kong Fui, uh, uh, Greenland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went way
1: back. So yeah. Ultra Man. are <laughs> <laughs> not going to remember Hong Kong Fui, as the ultimate super guy. But, uh, and, and it's funny, even here in my house, I even have some of the actual cell uh, character uh, drawings from from the Hong Kong Fui, uh, which was Hanna Barbera. Uh, a, a cartoon, but you know, it, it gives, it, it gave me an, an, an outlet and, and, and it also gave me a little bit of fun that, you know, you can kind of emulate some of those guys. Um, you know, when, when people see me or even like some of the, uh, you know, federal judges see me and they, and they talk to me, they realize that it's more to me than, than, than just sports. Um, because you know, life is big, life, life is great. Um, if you can just grab everything, uh, you know, grab all entities, um, by the hands, and, you know, and just grab and run with it.
0: Yeah. You know, we'll talk about that federal judge and the agent side. <laughs> I mean, that, it's, it's just a lot of interesting things. That's why I wanted to have you on. The, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about is Randall Hill, we know you that, but Brill. Brill came before you even got to the U. Tell us a little bit about that story from high school. I think your homeboys kind of gave it to you after, not on the wide receiver position, but the the DB getting a couple picks and still in the game see you you are an investigator yourself <laughs> um yeah uh,
1: well what happened was uh you know I a lot of people don't know I I played um uh cornerback in in high school and I was an all-american cornerback I was the number 2 rated cornerback in the country coming out of high school and there was a uh, newspaper down in in South Florida who did an article about me uh because my 11th grade year I actually was able to Intercept eleven um, balls in one year, um, which is you know kind of unheard of, especially in high school, which they don't even throw that much. Um, and the name of the uh, of, of the newspaper was called the South Day uh, News Leader, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, but they specialize in, in 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 bringing up and or bringing notoriety to uh, local talent. Um, so from there, uh, you know, going to the University of Miami, uh, they you know I remember the first day, you know, you're running a forty, you're doing all sorts of drills. Uh, you know, one of the uh upper guy uh senior classmen and uh Jerome Brown and and uh Melvin Bratton, you know, they they referred to me as thrill because they had read the article. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess I better live up to this name. Um, but again, you know, coming out of high school, going into college, and I, I try to teach a lot of these young guys uh to understand that um you have to you have to learn how to cope with change. Change is inevitable. And uh, you know. Being an all-American defensive back, and then all of a sudden, literally one day, Jimmy Johnson just looking at me and saying, "Okay, uh, Randall, do me a favor, go play wide receiver," and you know, put me behind Michael Irvin, Brian um, um, Blaze, and Brett Perriman, Those those guys were, were were great, but you have to learn how to to cope and embrace change.
0: Now you talk about those guys. Y'all had a lot of lot of talent at the U. I mean, we all know that we've seen the, the 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 articles. We saw you guys winning a couple of national championships, but mm-hmm. what? you remember most about stepping on that campus, moving from DB to a receiver, and then the, the characters that were on that team. Because I don't think people realize, I, I got to know a lot of you guys during right. our time in college and the pros. I don't think people realize how hard you guys worked as a team and how much you competed. But what are some of the other things you remember about your teammates like Jerome Brown, Michael Irvin, and some of the guys you mentioned? Well, well, th-
1: these guys, um, it wasn't just winning games. And and I didn't understand that. Uh Actually, you know, let me back up. I, I was first indoctrinated into uh, their style of, uh, of, of competitiveness um, when I was uh, running track. I had already signed to go to the University of Miami, and you know, you, you know, you get into the big meets like uh, you know, GMAC, uh, regional, and, and even state. And you know, you had Jerome Brown, you had Tober Bang, you had Brett Perriman, Mel Brad. These guys coming down, and they. Uh, they asked me, well, I'm getting ready to run the 220, and one, they asked me, so, okay, how far are you going to win this race by? And I said, <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to win the race. And they said, no, 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 how, how bad are you going to, you know, beat the guy? I said, no, I'm going to win. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. You signed to go to the University of Miami. Therefore, you had to win by a certain amount of yards. You, it's just, it's not good enough to win a race. These are true stories. And, and 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 they say, okay, well, you you have to win the race, okay? Uh, give us some yards, and I'm like, okay, I win by 10 yards. And um, you know, footnote to that, the reason why they, another reason why besides them um, expecting me to uh, represent the University of Miami that way, they were actually taking bets up there, and uh, the, the, <laughs> guys, the guys, the guys were not taking any bets unless they gave them yards, kind of like kind of like a point spread. <laughs> so <laughs> these guys were characters, but. You know, even you know, you know, playing games, if, if we didn't cover the point spread, we looked at it as a loss. That's how these guys were. And I'm like, you know, you have to understand uh, what, you know, back then what representing the University of Miami and representing uh, South Florida was all about. Uh, you had to get style points, kind of like Miami Vice, That all about that style.
0: <laughs> well, you bring up a great point. I don't think people realize how competitive Pop Warner football is in Dade yeah. and Broward. I know growing up in Texas, we had the same thing, but some of the things, it's legendary, some of the guys that have coached in those areas that have watched you guys grow up. So I think what you bring up is a really fascinating point. But I think that's why when you, you talk to people from Miami, whether it was Howard Schnellenberger or Jimmy Johnson or even Dennis Erickson, that five-county area that you guys have, of Broward and Dade. You grew up in Dade, I think. But tell sure. us a little bit about those five counties and how much football and how much talent is in those areas.
1: Oh, yeah, you, you have a, 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 a large conglomerate of, of, of talent. Um, if you look at the NFL today, um, those areas, you know, Dade County, uh, Broward County, Palm Beach County, uh, even Monroe and St. Lucia County, um, you're going to see that, that – that they are well represented in the NFL, um, and 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 it's be, it's because of the the competitiveness. It's because uh, you know the great weather down here. You can work and train all day. Now I'll debate with people all um, all day and, and, and twice on Sunday about Texas. Now Texas compared compared to South Florida, I think that Texas has a better system. And I, I just believe that. I think that we may have. Better athletes from what we for what we're able to do. But as far as the system in Texas, there's there, there's bar none. There, there, there's, there's no comparison. You got some Texas stadium in a, a high school stadiums that are bigger than college stadiums. So I you know I I respect Texas for that. That's why even if you look at doing the University of Miami Glory days, Jimmy Johnson always had a conglomerate of guys from Texas, whether it be Kevin Williams, uh, Jesse Armstead, uh, uh, Jonathan um, um, Jonathan Harris. Carly uh, Farms. Carl Farms. Well, oh, you know, and, and
0: Randall, the good thing, I'm glad you bring that up. Jimmy Johnson was from Port Arthur, Texas. I was born yeah. in Beaumont, which okay. is the Triangle. Golden Triangle at one point was the area and the mecca of Texas football. Now it's moved all over. But mm-hmm. Southeast Texas, to your point, uh, I can remember the, the fascination with – I got recruited by Miami. How Alexander recruited me after you guys yeah. played yeah. Rice? Y'all beat the doors off of Rice. Before junior Before we got before we got to school. So I'm going to to see you guys afterwards. And Michael Irvin's walking around with a big old medallion, playmaker. I can there remember Bennegan's. <laughs> and Hubbard was like, these are our guys if you want to be a part of it. So it was interesting to hear my guys that ended up from Texas ending up there with you guys in Miami. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the guys from Texas, yeah. they, they actually have – you guys have the same mentality too. I mean, the want, will, and or desire – to win games and be the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think it just it's funny how Jimmy ended up going to Miami, then to Dallas as a head coach and getting all those guys. And, and I'll say this. The one thing that I can remember about Miami players is that y'all had a, a respect for people that beat you guys or competed with you guys. And I remember UCLA in 84, 85 at the Fiesta Bowl ended up beating <laughs> them. And ever since then, I can remember talking to Miami guys about, okay, y'all got us. Not that they would bow down, but hey, I, we respect you, and it was a, a mutual respect. I, I just want to ask you about that 1990 Cal game when you kind of came out. You know, everybody started knowing about Randall Hill, you know, uh, firing guns, and every play you you got up and did that, and there was some backlash, but you and I talked about this. I, I love to hear your side of that story because I think people don't really realize how excited you were when you were playing in that game, getting an opportunity.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, it's <laughs> In retrospect, you look back, and and, and it looks like you know you're, you're you're taunting your opponent, and it's not it's bad sportsmanship. But even you know talking to to, to guys who I played against uh, before in the past, they said that they wish that they could do some of the things that, that that we did. It wasn't directed at the opponent; it was the Miami style. Okay, mm-hmm. and what if you look at historically, what had happened was um, we had won the national championship uh, the the year before, and you, you know, uh, uh, Dennis Erickson was trying to tone things down. And we came out that very first game, and we were flat, and we got our butt handed to us by BYU of all all, all people, all, of all teams. Mm-hmm. So we, the, the seniors got together, and we said that, you know, we got to go back to the old Miami ways. we got to go back to what got us here. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people are saying. Uh, what matters the most is that we're winning national championships, The 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 three o five fans are 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 out and supporting the team, and we can all have fun on the field, and we'll party all uh, all the way back.
0: (laughs) Well, well, so that was the start of it. Now that ninety one bowl, the same state of Texas that you have a lot of respect for, Mm -hmm. the tunnel. You you I, I mean, I can remember this as clear as day because I had some boys on that Texas team and they I mean you guys beat breaks off of them. But tell us a little bit about that. I think there was some some background to that as well. I think during the week of the Cotton Bowl, it right. kind of led to that.
1: It kind of came to a head because um, again, you know, we had you know we had the Cal game where you know we we cut up and there was some other games where we cut up and uh Dennis Erickson wanted us to be on our best behavior. So we put on our, our cryboy uh, outfits and we were, we were on our best behavior. But as you know, when you have a, a bowl game or bowl week, it's a celebration and you have a lot of fun and you go to a lot of events with the opposing team. So we go into some of these events and, you know, they're doing a lot of talking and some of the people from the state of Texas are doing a lot of talking. And uh, it's, it's just so funny that, you know, we're looking at each other like as, as a team and saying like, okay, <laughs> they don't understand <laughs> we created this. Um, you know, it's 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 often duplicated. Uh, it's often uh, uh, resembled, but it's never completely duplicated. Um, so what happened was um, when we got to the stadium, um, Robert Bailey, uh, Jesse Armstead, and and Michael Barrow, uh these guys said, "You know what? We need to remind them who we are." And uh, so when we came out of the the uh, our locker room, we literally stood there and waited on. Them. And, you know, this even goes back to when I was a freshman. I remember we played against Florida, the, our, my very first game. And, um, you know, they had, you know, Emmett Smith. They had Kerwin Bell. They had Jarvis uh, uh, Lewis. Uh, Jarvis Williams. They had Lewis Oliver. What's they had everybody. <laughs> and I saw some of our players, and I'm a freshman. I'm like, okay, these guys are crazy. They literally stood in front of um, the uh, University of Florida's locker room and told them, that they were not allowed to go in their own locker room until we were ready, and I'm like, okay, all right, these guys, they got a, they got a, they got a missing link somewhere. Um, but you know, so so you know, now turn the time back up, you know, to 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 the Cotton Bowl, it just came to a head. Now the whole thing with the with the tunnel and, um, I, yeah, I will take the blame on it now. Now I'll say it's my fault, even though <laughs> on the thirty for thirty. Uh, I said it wasn't my fault, but what, was, what, what had happened was everybody was having fun but me. If you look at that game, I didn't get one ball thrown to me um, the entire game. Everybody's celebrating, everybody's dancing, everybody's doing the Miami thing, the 305 thing. So, you know, we would have, let's just say, many riots in the huddle before each play. <laughs> and, you know, the quarterback was threatened um, many a time <laughs> during the course of the year. So, you know, I told Craig Erickson that if he didn't throw me the ball, there was going to be some bad things that were going to happen to him, like uh, blunt force trauma uh, to the school. So, <laughs> so, of course, you know, I was one-on-one, and you can't you can't play one-on-one with uh, University of Miami receivers. Um, and it was just a pitch and catch, and, and that tunnel belonged to me.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the accumulation of that was the f- getting drafted by the Miami Dolphins, uh, getting a, being a first-round pick, I think the 23rd player pick. Yes, and, you know, the, the, when you look at that, you go to Miami, you hold out. And when you finally get there, mm-hmm. after one game, Don Shula decides to uh, trade you. How, what, what was it like when you got that news that you were being traded?
1: Well, yeah, here here's the whole background, because a lot of people said that it was because I held out. But if you go back and you look and, you know, I just leave in an evidence and we'll talk about the evidence part of me later. Um. There were, we, the Dolphins had five preseason games. I played in four preseason games. Um, one of the, one of the games that they played in was actually in Japan. So I didn't really miss training camp because I played in four preseason games. But um, the back story was um, going into that year, uh, one of the leading receivers, uh, Mark Clayton, he was not really expected to play because he had had a, a previous uh, neck injury. But if you look at that very first game um, that I did play with, with the Dolphins, uh, we played against Buffalo in Buffalo, and he had close to 200 yards of receiving. Okay, we don't need Randall Hill because Mark Clayton just had 200 yards of receiving. So, you know, I was traded. It, it's, it's part of the business. Um, I was traded for a first-round draft pick and a million dollars. Um, and, you know, I went out and, and played in Arizona, but I was able to come back and play with the Dolphins for two years and then finish up in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to find. You know, what I found interesting is coming back to Miami. How was that? And, I mean, clearly – you were well received in that city. You grew up there. You for the U. But then to come back, how was it coming back? I'm basically home for another yeah.
1: you know, coming back, see and like I said, a lot of people see me on the on the on the field and you know, wild and crazy and having a lot of fun, but but I'm also a family man. And uh, bar none, I, I, I could care less about football when it comes to my family. And coming back to, to spending time with my mom and dad, um, and you know, my uh, girlfriend at the time. Um, you know we eventually you know end up getting married um that's what was most important to me it wasn't necessarily the football aspect of it it was more the family aspect of it um because uh family is is, is all important especially as you know growing up in a in a, in a very structured uh family a, a lot of people don't know every friday it was mandatory for us as a family to get together and go to dinner um a lot of people don't know it was um structured for us as for my mom and dad that br- hot, a hot breakfast was on the table at 5 30 in the morning everyone had to get up it, a lot of people don't know that it was also structured for us to um when it's time to go get groceries on on a Tuesday or Wednesday everyone had to get in the car and go get groceries so you know I didn't really care about the, the football part it was more more or less the family
0: part and I say this, too, having had your mom's cooking? Ah. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. I mean, it was some, oh, my God, I'm still thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to just fly down and down, bro. to down. cook for yeah. me because it was so good. You know, oh, yeah. you bring up a really good point about family, and, and that's why, you know, your, your after career is just as intriguing as during the career. I mean, you've been a broadcaster, some of the things we did together. You also ran for public office, which I find <laughs> fascinating. But the last thing is you're a special agent for the Department of Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Talk us through that, running for office and then uh, deciding to become a special agent. I, I think this is phenomenal to hear it from you because we, you and I have talked a lot about it, but I just- Absolutely.
1: Well, you know, I, I try to lead by example. You know, I, I talk to talk, but I also try to, uh, you know, talk what I, what I say. So, uh, and when I retired, I walked away from the NFL, um, not because I got released. I actually went into Dave Wantsett's office and asked him to to cut me because I had had enough of football and I wanted to transition into um, the rest of my life and, and another career. So I went into law enforcement and learned, um, you know, how to do like real police work. So I was out on the street, you know, traffic stops, uh, you know, going into houses, you know, putting my life on the line. Um, but I also knew that I wanted to um, go and, and become a federal agent, you know, start, you know, start here, start the bottom, and then work your way up. Um, you don't necessarily have to do it my route, but I, I wanted to learn how to do basic police work. Um, and there was a couple of guys who, who showed me the way, a guy by the name of, of, of Waddy Crawford, uh, he passed away, brain cancer, and then there was another guy who used to be the deputy director of the FBI, um, a guy by the name of uh, Paul Phillips. And they helped show me the way to uh, to law enforcement as a federal agent. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I I became a federal agent in 2003. And then in 2015, um, I walked away to to um, run for political, uh, a a political office. Uh, I ran for Congress in the uh, in in Florida. Um, uh, I was a U.S. congressional candidate because I wanted to give more back to the community uh, and, and, and bring some of what I've learned on the federal level, um, in law enforcement to, uh, to, to politics. Um, I, I didn't win. I did very well. Uh, I didn't win. Um, so when I finished, I actually went back into law enforcement, um, as a federal agent down in uh, McAllen, Texas, but now I'm back in Miami. Um, so, you know, I've had a lot of fun. I've done a lot of different, uh, types of cases. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've, I, I've been in federal court, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of things, but one of the things that th- I, I take great pride in is, is leading by example. Uh, you, you, have some, you, know, you have some horror stories of some, some guys, not a lot, um, that have gone into the NFL and then when they finish, you know, they kind of fall apart a little bit. But, you know, I've had guys ask me, well, well Randall, how did you become a federal agent? I can't believe you're doing this. Well, you know what? You know, uh, you have to be hyper. You have to be, you know, want uh, to be out in, in front of uh, uh, of the public. You have to know how to speak in front of, uh, uh, you know, large groups of people. And, you know, whether it be court or, or, or young kids. Because I, I make sure that I go and I speak in front of high school kids and, and show them that, yeah, I played in the NFL, made some money. But I also um, can carry a badge and gun and represent uh, the United States government and, and, and have fun doing it. And do it in a respectful manner.
0: Yeah, what's well, been one of the wildest stories you have about just you know the police officer, <laughs> an agent? I mean, you know, just something that was like, wow. Even I can't believe this. I mean, you've lived, you know, in Miami. You know the Miami Vice kind of style and understanding, but, but just you know, just something that made me like, maybe, wow, this is crazy. Um, I, some of the stuff
1: you know, I I can't really say yes. um, right now. Um, but let's just put it you like this. Um. I, I, I coined my uh, my career as a federal agent as like uh, kind of like uh, Jack Nicholas and uh, a few good men. I'm that <laughs> guy. You want me on that wall. <laughs> you need me on that wall. Or or even a, a, a Jason Bourne. You know, I, I don't exist. I am them. We are or, or men in black. I am them. We are they. I'm a figment of your imagination and dismissed as so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to see it in the book. Oh, there'll, there'll be a book coming out. Now, you win the NFL – Hat and shirt. You also, you know, you and I see each other a lot during the year when I come down to do Miami games. Yes, sir. Also kind of uh, the police officer. Not police officer. But you have to kind of make sure guys wear it. Ah. <laughs> so this, this is interesting because you are the same guy that <laughs> probably been saying something to the guys that were doing it in our era. Now oh, you yeah.
1: <laughs> well, what, what happened was uh, several years ago, uh, actually in 2005, um, the NFL, uh, the retired NFL Players Convention was here in South Florida. And I wanted to uh, set up a, uh, a booth when they had a career fair to help to, to show guys who were transitioning from the NFL into the, the rest of their life that there's other opportunities that you can have fun, make a lot of money, and, and also serve the community. So I, I was able to uh do a career fair. I ran into uh Andre Collins and 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 Andre remembered me and uh he uh he called Merton Hanks. Um <laughs> you know there's a brotherhood there. Yeah, yeah. And and the next thing I know, because uh, Merton was at the uh NFL at the time, Merton comes up to me and he says, Hey, uh, you want a job? And I'm like, Mert, I'm good. I have a job, I have a great career, everything's going well. He said, No, just on Sundays. Um, and you can work for the NFL, directly, directly with the NFL, not even the team, but directly with the NFL, as they, uh, uh, some people call us the fashion police. I'm like, fashion police in the NFL? Oh, what is that? <laughs> so um, basically what I do is um, make sure the, you know, in, uh, that the players are dressed properly uh, on the field um, and they're representing the, uh, the NFL in, in a proper manner. Um, uh, currently right now my direct supervisor is Akil a, a Coed. Um, great guy, uh, love working with him. I love what I do because because people still see me on the field in a different manner. And I don't care how hot it is. Usually I'm I'm coat and tie, and they and they recognize that you know I'm the I'm the fashion police, uh, making sure that guys are dressed properly on the field.
0: <laughs> so the other thing, I mean, the big the big thing with that too, you do a lot of broadcasting in the uh, you know uh, Miami area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions that always comes up. Has the U fallen so far and what is it going to take to get it back there? I mean, you've been pretty vocal. I mean, when, when yeah. that position was open, you and I both thought, and we talked about it through Tech, which mm-hmm. Davis, one of those times where they had a chance to come back. Which Davis now, for all of you that don't know, is at Florida International, doing quite well, by the way. Who but, beat the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but 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 that's the one thing that I'm intrigued by when I look at Miami. Why can't they get back, being a, a, an alum and a guy that knows that program really well? Tell, tell us why that hasn't happened.
1: Well, I, I think that, first of all, times have changed. So you have to uh, change with the times. If you don't learn how to cope with change, um, you're going to fail. Um, and, you know, footnote to that, uh, or actually a little side note is uh, there's three reasons why you go to school. Learn how to learn, learn how to get along with society, and learn how to cope with change. And I still think that the University of Miami is struggling with learning how to cope with change. When you have young guys, uh, young adults and tomorrow's uh, leaders um, who are going into uh, um, co- uh, collegiate uh, athletics, uh, you have to understand their, their, their mentality. And most of these guys, as you know, they think that before they've even played a down in, the, uh, in, in college, they think they're going to play in the NFL. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> um, and if you can get the right guys with the right mentality – um, and, and if you look back historically, Jimmy Johnson ne- didn't necessarily recruit talent, and people always say how talented we were. No, we had speed, but we our talent level was not as high or it was not as good as other uh, universities. But what Jimmy Johnson did was recruit individuals who refused to lose. Jimmy Johnson recruited individuals who believed in, uh, like what Dr. King said, the, the, the drum major instinct, the want, will, and or desire to be the best, uh, with the, you know, a couple with uh, refusing to lose. Um, and that's what Jimmy Johnson did. Um, if you look, we didn't have a lot. I, mean, I think the highest back then was like a five-star or six-star. We didn't have a lot of those players, but we had guys who, you know, kind of like guys who, you know, they, they, they packed the lunch pail. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go to work. And you were not gonna outwork the University of Miami. You were not gonna outphysical the University of Miami. You, you definitely weren't gonna be faster than the University of Miami. And I think that's how we won games. Now, I think a lot of the, the recruiters now um, down there, they're recruiting. Okay, they get caught up in this, okay. Well, this guy's a seven star, this guy's a 10 star. <laughs> I don't care. What I care about is guys like Russell Maryland, who wasn't even recruited at all, he became the first pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. Guys like a Bill Hawkins, people don't even know he, he was a first-round draft pick, but white guy who, who, who worked hard, who, who, who went out and, 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 and became a, a, an All-American. Guys like Alonzo Highsmith who played defense, defensive line, Jimmy Johnson moved him over to running back and or fullback. These are guys who – who ref- guys like Gino Toretta, who nobody yeah. paid attention to but worked his butt off and won the Heisman. These are guys who I'm mentioning that were not necessarily highly high recruited, didn't have a high star rating, but they refused to lose and they had the right mentality.
0: Yeah, I think one, one last thing for me about Miami is watching you guys practice. I had the good fortune of coming out there between mm-hmm. my sophomore and junior year and really watching you guys work, hanging out with a bunch of you during that time. One thing that I was impressed with, with like you said, the speed, but the competitive nature of every mm-hmm. – Practice like you had to compete. What was that like uh, when you look at that compared to when you got to the league? Because I don't think college teams can be pro teams, but I think the mentality of getting you ready for the pros, Miami is a great proven ground at that time.
1: Okay, let, let me let me explain. Let me give you two stories on that. All right. The first scrimmage, I remember we had you know brothers on the team, Benny Blaze and Brian Blaze. Uh, Benny Blaze been a uh, an All American. I want to say he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, Brian Blaze, uh, second round uh, draft pick, did well out of out of Seattle. Um, the very first scrimmage that I saw, I saw Benny Blades come off the hash mark and uh, lay his brother out, and they had to call the ambulance to pick him up off the field. That was his brother. Let me say that again. Let me say yeah. it slowly.
0: That Benny would, Benny would take your head off. Uh, I mean, exactly. he he'd wake up
1: wanting to take your head off. So we that we was it. his brother, and and I remember them wheeling him off the field. Um, uh, Will and Brian off the field uh, on a stretcher and Benny Blaze just looking at his brother and said, okay, you'll be okay, eggshell. That's, that's <laughs> one story. <laughs> Another story, I remember um, a guy getting injured. He had a compound fracture of his leg and the coach saying, we don't have time to slow down. Move this up 10. We have a game to play. This is what the mentality was. at the. I, I can't tell you how many times I was thrown off the field um, because I, I'm getting into fights with my roommate, who I grew up with, and, and, and Robert Bailey. So, But, you know, we would shake hands, say, hey, listen, we'll fight tomorrow. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah, That's the mentality that you have to have if you want to be the best.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think people realize the alpha dog mentality. And, and, and what I always like about that, and I tell people that at UCLA, there were about 35 guys during my four years that ended up playing in the pros couple of Hall of Famers, some that played a long time, some that had a cup of coffee. But it taught me from an early age, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to play. I'm not going to get on the field. I don't care how talented I was in high school or wherever else. Man, it's always good to catch up with you. Any last minute thoughts or last closing thoughts you have for us? Because we really have enjoyed just spending this time with you. I think it's always good to get the background stories of understanding what, what happens in people's lives. But I'm glad you could be on. Any last uh, shots or thoughts that you have for me?
1: Well, interesting enough, and, and it's gonna, this is going to be some, some serious stuff around here, especially when the media finds out about this. As a matter of fact, you are the first to hear about this when it comes to, to media outlets, um, my daughter, um, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna wait. one, Don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay, go you, you're gonna you you gonna you gonna think this is like like kind of humorous. Um, I want you to see this. What does that see?
0: You see where she's going to school? She's going to the University of Florida. You wait until the media and hears about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got a gator in the house oh got my a in the house um I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of my daughter um they they do they do all all, all my kids they, they they do well around here and 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 they are they're, they're they're definitely smarter than me um you know 1480 on SAT 5.0 GPA um but university of florida offered her more than university of
0: miami um, <laughs>
1: And, you know, so when you talk about my pockets, I got to take care of my pockets, too. <laughs> so, but yeah. Oh, she, your
0: what's your daughter's name again? Let's let's want to hear your daughter's name and where she's going again. Her
1: name is uh, Alea. Yes, okay. I created that name, Aleah. Um, Alea Hill, going, Alea to Hill she's going to University of Florida. Um, she's probably going to follow uh, both of my kids. Uh, I got one sitting next to me that, that's really shy. <laughs> she's kind of shy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's gonna go to the University of Florida. She's probably gonna end up being a doctor, uh, like like my wife. Um, and you know, all my kids are smarter than me, and and that's how it should be, um, because you know times have changed, and they have these outlets and they have uh, all the tools. Uh, it, it's funny, you call me and my computer, I didn't even have a, a computer ready. So my daughter has a computer, a nice Apple computer that I don't even have. So I'm on her computer. <laughs> so we give them all the tools to be successful, um, and you know it, that, that that's how we want it done because we we don't want them to um, have, uh, have it as hard as we did. Um, so we want them to be successful too.
0: Hey, girl, man, I appreciate your time. I know uh, you're running hard with the family. We all are kind of in this situation. It'll be good when we come out of come, come out this COVID lockdown, but I don't think it stops for you with the job. I appreciate you and uh, tell your, your wife, who's like mine, much smarter than me, and the kid got that from her and yep. uh, tell everybody hello. And I, I, next time I come down there, I want that. Yeah. Good food from your mom. I'm <laughs> telling
1: you, tell, absolutely. Tell mom, thank you. <laughs> Come on down, bro. I, I, you you welcome here anytime, bro.
0: <laughs> All right, chopping it up with Buck Randall Hill. Thrill Randall Hill. Thrill. <laughs> oh. Let me see. Hey, can you fire it off for us? You still get it? One more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> All right, Thrill. Good talking to you. Thanks. You bro. got it,
1: bro.